Grace be unto you and peace from God, our Father and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today is the gospel reading from John 20 that President Meyer has already read for us. Please be seated. The Apostle Thomas, also known as Didymus or the twin, got a bum rap. Next to Judas Iscariot, Thomas is the disciple with the worst public image. Until the last day of this world, he will likely remain branded as Doubting Thomas. Now that's not fair, of course, since in our text we see that it is reported that Thomas ended up making a confession of faith greater than any other disciple. Thomas spontaneously worships Jesus and calls Jesus his Lord and his God. And tradition tells us that St. Thomas sailed to India in 52 AD to spread the Christian faith and gave his life there for the sake of the gospel. Does that sound like the life of a doubter? Perhaps it's time to come to the defense of Thomas and recognize that there was nothing unusual about his doubting. As Christians, we live by faith. And faith is trusting in something that cannot be empirically proven. For that reason, doubts are possible. In fact, they're almost inevitable for the followers of Jesus Christ. Many of us have been taught from this very text that doubting is a sin. But is it? Always? Can't doubt sometimes lead to positive results? Our whole technological civilization has, in one sense, been built on doubt. It has been built on the drive of men and women who were dissatisfied with the old ways and the old answers so that they began to push the envelope and to venture into new frontiers of knowledge. Copernicus doubted that the world was flat, and so he set the stage for the exploration of the whole Earth and even outer space. Columbus ventured out believing that the world was round, not knowing for sure, but gambling against the chance that he might go over the edge into a bottomless abyss, which is, of course, what people thought the Earth was like at that time. Robert Fulton and James Watt doubted that power and locomotion were limited to humans, beasts of burdens, and the wind. And so, with a steam engine, they began a progression that has resulted in the mixed blessing of the internal combustion engine, jet airplanes, rockets, and atomic energy. Doubting 
can be good. But it's good only when it leads people in search of the truth. It was the doubt of Thomas who made, that made him separate from the other disciples, but it was also the doubt of Thomas that led him to seek the right answers. That drove him back into the fellowship of the other apostles, and there he made his great confession of faith, as he was by the presence of the risen Christ renewed in his faith, and not just renewed, but transformed. His faith was taken to a whole new level. It was important for Thomas to doubt, it was important for him to say, I don't believe it, I won't believe it until I see it. It was important for him to say that because he was very honest with himself, but he didn't leave it there. He came back into the community of the disciples looking for answers. Doubts should lead to answers. Some doubts are good. Some are not good. Bad doubts are excuses to abandon the faith. But good doubts drive us to seek the answers. They can drive us to a deeper trust in Jesus Christ, just as they did for Thomas. Doubts are part of the Christian life. Doubts come to all of us at different times and different ways, and motivate us to find the answers in our Lord through his word and through his sacrament and in relationship with God's people, the church. And then we press on in renewed faith to help other believers who are struggling with doubt to press on themselves. Jesus was willing to accommodate Thomas's doubt by showing him the evidence of his nail-scarred hands and his wounded side. Jesus does so not to excuse Thomas in his doubting, but to help him move beyond it. Jesus says to Thomas and to us, stop doubting and believe. Christ does not encourage our doubting, but he does understand it. And he is willing to help us work through it just as he did with Thomas. In order to help us through our doubts, the Lord provides us with the encouragement and power of his word. John chapter 20, verse 31, the last verse of our text for today tells us that these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Though we cannot see and touch Jesus in the flesh the same way as Thomas did, we can in an equally real and powerful way encounter our Lord Jesus in his word of Holy Scripture. And furthermore, we encounter him in a tangible way in his sacraments. As Christians, we walk by faith, not by sight. The world says seeing is believing, 
But Jesus says, believe and you will see. St. Augustine expanded on that thought when he wrote, understanding is not the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. Our annual theme at my congregation, Campus Lutheran Church in Columbia, Missouri, is Be Transformed. And that's based on Romans 12, verse 2. We are fleshing that out with monthly sub-themes, and our sub-theme for May is Be Transformed to Believe. What better biblical example do we have of someone transformed to believe than Thomas? So, when your moments of doubt come, when you feel your faith is wavering, remember Thomas. However, remember him not as a doubter, but as a believer. Believing Thomas who was delivered by the risen Lord from his doubts and transformed by the Holy Spirit to believe on a higher level. May the Holy Spirit, working through the word of the Lord and the real presence of Christ in the sacrament of the altar, transform you today and every time you encounter them. Stop doubting and believe. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And may that peace of God which passes all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.